the place for breaking news. Up to date, up to the minute. What's going on in the world? And where news breaks. Local news matters. This is the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware. It's always smart to know what's going on. Now on FM 1071. All righty, baby, let's go. It's uh, 506 now, KTSA. And a good morning to you. It's Wednesday. What is this, the 6th? It's the 6th of September already, man. We are hauling butt right through the fall. (laughs) And there might be a weather change next week. A little bit. Tiny one, but we'll take anything. We'll talk more about that coming up. And there's Don, and there's Jimmy, and there's Elaine. 210-599-5555. Well, I got a question for everybody in Bear County. And everybody in San Antonio in particular. How much longer are you going to let your cops get shot until you do something about it? How much longer are you, the citizens of Bear County in general and in San Antonio in specific, going to allow this war on your police officers to go on? We have the sixth shooting of an officer in two weeks. And another criminal wanted on felony warrants. Happened about 4 o'clock yesterday. Officer saw the suspect, wanted to stop him. Suspect ran behind a building. When the officer went to apprehend him, the suspect ambushed him with a shotgun, shot the officer. This continues on. This individual had been encountered in the justice system in downtown San Antonio at the, you know, at the DA's office and had been released. Chief of police, who I have invited to be on the show this morning, All those folks worked very, very hard to pull him out where he was hiding without him being injured. They did a great job, and fortunately now he's in custody. Let's see what happens to him now. In other words, the chief is saying, let's see how quickly the man's back out on the street so he can shoot at another police officer. So again, my question is, how much longer are you going to let this go on? This is ridiculous, says the chief. This has to stop. This individual is another case of someone who should have been in jail. This is a danger to public safety, having folks like this on the street, and this isn't one of theirs, uh, plenty of other cases like this. In other words, this is not a one-off. There are plenty of other cases like this. Over the last two weeks, there have been six officers shot attempting to arrest repeat offenders. Repeat offenders. Now, Ron Nirenberg, who stood with BLM and was all about defunding the police, knew that he could not defund the police. But you can demoralize the police to the point where they don't want to be police anymore. Right? You can demoralize those on the force to where they say, the hell with this, I'm getting out. I, I, you know, I'm doing you-know-what up a rope at this point. So I need to... I need to go find something else to do, a smaller community, or just get out of copping altogether. And then to the young folk, it says, if we don't have your back in times when cops are being shot every day, then why am I going to sign up for that deal? I don't want that. I want nothing to do with that. So you don't have to defund the police. You demoralize the police. And let me just read to you the wimpy cop-out, no pun intended, cop-out statement from the mayor of San Antonio. Ready? 
This is a tragic and unnecessary reminder of the sacrifices our officers make to protect our city. Our hearts are with SAPD and their families as they recover from this incident. Grateful that the suspect is in custody. <laughs> Grow a pair, Ron. Grow a pair. And back your officers. And make it abundantly clear in your next statement that you're not, as the mayor of this city, you're not going to put about this. Now, the reason he's not doing that is because he supports the idea of police being defunded or demoralized, as I say. Of course, the Bear County DA bought and paid for by $1.5 million from George Soros, who is doing this all across the country, demoralizing police, causing chaos in the streets to demoralize the police. He did it in foreign countries. He's doing it here. The man has a track record of doing this around the globe with the intent of a bigger, stronger, more uh, robust government controlling your life. That's the whole plan. The DA is saying our office has not yet received confirmation of the identity of the suspect in today's officer-involved shooting, so until such confirmation is received, our office cannot make any comments. The chief then countered with, I'm not going to let SAPD accept the case, the blame for all these cases that are coming down. Danny Diaz, who will be on with me in one hour, the president of the San Antonio Police Service Association, says the DA should be held accountable. That he can point fingers at the judges, he can point fingers at the bondsmen. The bottom line is, he's the district attorney for Bear County. It is his responsibility, says Danny Diaz. Again, you'll hear him in one hour here on this show. The amount of officers we've had injured because they've been shot at. On August 24th, three officers were shot trying to arrest a 28-year-old 20, who faced five charges. And it goes on and on, by the way. Diaz continued. He said those individuals shot at the officers first. It's not the officers shooting at them. What is it going to take? When is it going to stop? How many more citizens are going to lose their lives because they continually, continuously let these people out? Well, folks, the only way this changes is you have to change it. The district attorney for Bear County is blaming the police. The DA says this office, which has an obligation to seek justice, cannot prosecute cases against defendants for which there is insufficient evidence. Prior to the dismissal of these cases, the lack of evidence was specifically brought to the attention of the San Antonio Police Department. In other words, you police officers aren't doing your job. That's what the DA says. Now, I know that's not true. And people of Bear County, and more specifically people of San Antonio, I circle back to my original question. How much longer will you allow this war on police to go on? How do you change it? What do you do? You have to demand the resignation of the DA and a complete and total change of the DA's office. In other words, if he resigns, which he's not going to do because he's beholden to George Soros, but if he resigns, another one of his generals, this bespeckled guy you're seeing on TV, all the, kind, the, the real nerdy-looking dude, is just going to step in there and continue the same policy. You must have a wholesale change at the DA's office. You must. Or else this will continue. Where the police will arrest these 
you know what? Take them downtown, book them, and before the cop can get back in his cruiser and get back on the street, the bad guy's already back out there. I can't tell you how many times police officers tell me that. It happens all the time. But now, but now, the changes happen that these guys are now shooting the police officers as the police officers are trying to reapprehend them. And it's up to you, the citizens, to make that change. No more can you sit back and say, well, you know, there's nothing I can do. Remember the name George Washington? Does anybody remember George Washington? Everybody? He was the uh, first president of this country, George Washington. He said, government is like fire. It's good as long as you control it. It's really bad when you lose control of it. And the citizens of this community, and I would say the country as a whole, have lost control of the government. The government is now controlling you. It's a fire. It's a burning fire that's burning you and your liberties. As George Washington said, government is a good thing as long, it's like a fire, as long as you control it. You must control your government. You must hold these people accountable who are allowing these hardened criminals to get back on the streets to shoot at your cops. Because here's what happened, folks. Here's what will happen. The police will leave as they're doing in droves in Austin. And you will have no protection whatsoever from the criminals in this community. You will be Chicago. You will be Austin, right here in San Antonio, with the thin blue line gone. That's the plan from the Soros clan. The only question that remains is, are you going to push back? Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. One oh seven one, stay connected. And it's five twenty now. Phones are open at two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. And here we are in the heat of uh continuing summer. I know it's after Labor Day and all that stuff, but uh we're still in the heat and ERCOT is still saying you gotta bump up that thermostat and don't wash your clothes and don't wash your dishes and don't do this and don't do that. And oh by the way, uh, we're not using any power that makes any sense. We're we're going to continue to rely on solar panels and windmills that don't work to supply enough power for the people of Texas. <laughs> you know, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, another one of those days today, so we'll talk about that. Um, you guys, I'd love to hear y'all sound off on this. This is a real serious topic, okay? And I'm serious about that. I'm not setting you guys up. Another dog attack. Now, I think everybody in here is a dog lover. Right, I know I am. I grew up with dogs, you know. My wife is a cat lover, and I got cat. I've had cats throughout my life too. But I've had dogs since I was a little bitty boy. But they've always been docile dogs, with the exception of one. One was a police-trained German Shepherd, and we got him because we had been broken into, and uh, and Dad got him, and he took care of business. Uh, the dog took care of business down the road. But you know, I, I, I've told you most recently we had a couple of bullshit suits, right? Little bitty, I call them house slippers. I could put one on each foot and walk around the house. My furry little house slippers, kind of like yours. You're, you got a Pomeranian, right? Uh, moonshine, your Pomeranian, right? Okay. Now 
Jimmy, you got one of those big bad, uh, whether well, Yorkford, Shuckford, Staffordshire Terriers, which are known as pit bulls, right? She's uh, sort of a pit bull. She's a pit boxer mix. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Also known as a clock breaker. Yeah, right. A, grand, a very expensive grandfather <laughs> clock breaker. She got lucky. It's only, it's, it's only $50 to replace it. Oh, she got, okay. I texted Elaine. I was yeah. like, she got lucky. Okay, so let me just tell you what happened to me. This has been months ago. I accompanied some constables out on a deal where they were uh, kicking out some uh, some squatters in a house, right? And these squatters had these pit bulls out front of this house, right? And so these constables that I was with, these pit bulls were like, and they called animal care services and said, hey, you know, uh, animal control, and said, hey, can you come get these dogs? And they, you know, well, probably in about five or six hours. That's how little manpower they have at the, at the pound, at the dog, you know, whatever they are, animal control, that they only have like one or two trucks and teams that are running around picking up these guys. So here's the deal. We got, an, uh, obviously, an epidemic, I think, in San Antonio. And you got another attack yesterday over here on the northeast side by Randolph Boulevard. Might have been by your property, Elaine. But anyway, over here off Randolph Boulevard where a guy is in his own yard, fenced. His own, he's sitting in his own yard, and the yard is fenced in. And these dogs were let out of the house, a couple of pit bulls, a male and a female, and they dug under the fence to get to the guy who was sitting in his own front yard. And they attacked him, a man's in critical condition at the hospital, ripped him up pretty badly, tore him up. It's a big problem. Now, there's some discussions in the new budget right now of adding to the number of officers to go out in animal control. Um, we had the case where the older cu- couple... Uh, was, was attacked. It was 81 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Very old. And died. Yes. And died. What, a month or two ago, Don? Is that what it was? A couple of months ago, anyway. So uh, what do you guys think? What is, what is the ultimate answer to solving this problem? What would you do? You're king for a day. How are you going to solve it? What are yeah. you going to do? You, you, well, I like the law we have now that the owner's responsible. Yeah. And anything that happens as a result of the dog then the owner's responsible. Okay. And, and you suffer criminal charges if that's what happens. They okay. need to step up the ticketing process. Okay. Um, over here off of Montgomery and Walsham, where I do have property, there's these two huge pit bulls that just hang out in the front yard. And you can call. At one time I called the Bear County Sheriff's deputies because they attack any little dog that would walk by. They'd go and grab him mm. and tear him apart. Mm. They need to start ticketing and and calling the law enforcement to mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to so step maybe it up. maybe instead of calling animal care, you call law enforcement and you right. have law enforcement deal with this issue. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think so too. Yeah. If, if yeah. you want the officials involved, well, they have to be involved. If you own property mm-hmm. and no, they're they, tearing up little dogs and people mm-hmm. are they actually chase um, bike riders um, when they're they they have yeah. to separate themselves from their bike and they got to walk across the street right. to avoid the um the dogs we can't have a situation where a man cannot sit in his own front yard and it's even fenced mm-hmm. in yeah that's that is not acceptable in our community we have to stop that and whatever it takes to stop that now you can't discharge a gun right in the community so whoa, whoa, why not? We can't. Yeah, you just, you're not I supposed think to. You could. Yeah, no, I'm shooting a dog. Attacking shoot, him. It's a dog. I'll shoot a dog. You can. 
I didn't know that. I thought I, you couldn't discharge I, I, a gun. I wouldn't hesitate. I'll pay the fine. If I'm being attacked <clears throat> or someone I know is being attacked, I'll kill a dog. Is that right? It's, yeah. it's a dog. That's it's it's not going to mow the yard. It's not going to pay rent. It's not going to do anything. Well, I agree with that. Kill a dog. I agree with no that. No problem. But, I mean, I didn't know you could do that. I, in, in the city, I thought you had to, you know, grant and bear well, it. You're, or... you're sitting in your front yard with a gun. Yeah. That's not good either. Well, and so that's the thing. I mean, how many people are going to go sit on the front porch yeah. every time? You know, are you expected to carry a gun with you every well, time? If, if there's bad dogs in the neighborhood, like, yeah. Yeah, like then, then I would. Yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if you're made aware that those pit bulls are, you know, aggressive dogs, yeah. then I would... I would carry one. Uh, I have no hesitation to drop or a dog. bear spray yeah. when you're walking. Well, see, okay, that's that's, a, that's yeah. fine too. Pepper I know people that take uh, wasp spray. I like yeah. that with them, and you you hit some you hit a dog in the eyes with wasp spray, and that's they're not going to like that at all. But nope. after reporting it uh, to the sheriff's department to animal control, they're still out there hanging out. Right. That's the issue, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that you can do all the reporting you want, and then you turn around. It's right. It's kind of like the pop, the. Pop. It's kind of like the guys that are going down and the DA's turning right back out. And they're shooting cops. Same thing is happening with well, the dogs. I remember one time when the cops were called, Bear County Sheriff, they need you to record it if you have a ring camera. They can't just go and say something to him if his two dogs are right there in the well, front yard. that's interesting. Yard. Get, your, get your phone out. Get yeah. your phone and out and record it before you get some video of the dogs, bit. you know, being doing well, what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, I think the, you know, definitely hold the owners responsible. You can't yeah. blame the dog. That's just their nature. You know, right. I mean, every we you know my neighborhood people. I think every other house has dogs, and every now and then one gets out. Right. And but you know they're they've always been fine. They're they're friendly. And well, now have you, we're out of time. But let me throw this in here because every time this comes up, it's generally pit bulls. In fact, the last six occasions, I just yeah. I just saw it here on the news. It was pit bulls. They were trained to do that. At some point, they're going to be babies, Bingo. but it, but they were actually they got the name pit because they were tossed into a pit and they were trained. It's in their nature, mm-hmm. yeah. and it always comes up. Should we ban pit bulls in our community? It always comes up, and you always hear people say, "No, they're so docile and all that," until they're not. Right. Well, we do offer the uh, certain zip codes. They offer free uh, spay and neutering for pit bull breeds yeah. in the city. Right. Uh, my oldest dog is another half pit, and she got. Spade, and so there are services, right? But that's for people who are responsible and search. Well, see, that's the that's the thing, right? The owners, yeah, Yeah. got to get the owners. All right, a quick break coming right back. Your phone calls coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hi, Trey Ware for Diamond Deck Show this morning, talking about uh, the crime that's in this city, the DA letting bad guys back out on the streets, and the police saying they're being hunted by these bad guys. And are you, the citizens of Bear County and San Antonio, going to do anything about it? As I said in the last half hour, George Washington, the father of our country, said, you know what? Government's like a fire. It's great as long as you control it. But once you lose control of it, government is terrible. And, uh, yeah, we're rapidly, the citizens are losing control of the government. The government's, you're supposed to control the government. The government's not supposed to control you. So where are the cries for the DA to step down and be replaced by somebody who's actually going to hold these people accountable? How much longer? How many other cops need to be shot? Remember, they love to defund the police, but since they can't defund the police, and Nirenberg knows this, they demoralize the police. So the police leave. 
and new officers don't sign up. And that is that is where we are in San Antonio. Same place Austin was two years ago. And look at the hellhole it's become. Same thing in Chicago. Same thing in Los Angeles. It's happening all over the country with these George Soros-funded DAs like let him go Joe Gonzalez right here in San Antonio in Bear County. When are you going to do something about it? The other topic was these dogs that are now digging through fences – and attacking people in their own yard. So anything you want to comment on, 210-599-5555. And Monica, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning. Good morning, Trey. Thanks, as always, for keeping us well informed. Um, I wanted to ask if you by chance know if House Bill 17, that just went into effect September 1st, that allows courts to remove DAs for misconduct should the DA choose not to pursue a certain type of crime, if that applies to what we're seeing today, or does that just apply to, like, abortion-related crimes? It's going to be interesting. Um, I, I want to see it tested. I, I really do. It's going to be interesting to see if it's tested. It's going to be interesting to see if Greg Abbott will take the same stance that Ron DeSantis has taken over in Florida. Remember, DeSantis has removed prosecutors for not prosecuting crime. He has gone in and removed those DAs and prosecutors for not doing it. it would be interesting to see if Greg Abbott will do the same thing. But again, Monica, it goes back to whether or not the citizens are going to control the government or if the government is going to control the citizens. That is where we are. If the citizens will holler at Greg Abbott about this issue, I got my belly full of my cops getting shot, then possibly something can be done. It's going to be interesting to see if it's going to be tested or not. Andrew, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning to you. Good morning. I just wanted to say that I advise everyone who's able to legally purchase a firearm to get one and to get some training and to carry the gun with them because you never know with the police being so far away and something like either a dog or a crime, if they're shooting cops, they'll think, you know, they won't even think twice about shooting you. I agree. Uh, I, I could not argue with that at all, Andrew. Thank you very much. 210-599-5555. Well, they're back. The media is pushing masks mandates. So the president is all about this in theater. His wife has COVID, we are told. Whoopi has COVID, we are told. So the media is pushing this whole, COVID is back, it's everywhere. Well, let's listen to Joe Biden when he was running for the president, cut number one, Jimmy, in uh, 2020, when Joe said he was going to do what? What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. Oh, hey, it's listen, he, he said he was going to shut down the virus, not the country. That was in 2020. And yet now his wife has the virus. He didn't shut it down. Now he's walking around in a mask. But check it out. He went to this deal yesterday for this great hero to give him the Medal of Honor, right? And he wears Joe, wears a mask into the event in the East Room of the White House, takes it off in front of an old man, an 83-year-old man and then hangs the Medal of Honor around the 83-year-old man, breathing on him as he does so without a mask. And what was really weird was he shook the hand of the old man, and he turned to walk off as the old man saluted the commander-in-chief. And he stopped, you know, Biden did, and he went ahead and saluted, and then he walked out of the room. The event was not over. The ceremony was not over. But he walked out of the room. Obviously, his handlers said to him, Mr. President, you put that medal on him and you get out of there before anybody can ask you any questions or engage you in conversation. You know why? They're treating him like a little baby. Code number two, Jimmy. In the book, a new book that is out, The Last American Politician, 
Joe Biden often complains that he's being treated like a little baby. Well, he obviously is. He's got cue cards. Say this. He's got questions from the media. Answer this question from this person. There's a picture there. Mr. President, get off the stage. Don't talk to anybody. Don't answer any questions. So yesterday, KJP was asked by the deuce about treating the president like a baby. Thank you, Kareem. President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? No one treats the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, uh, like a baby. So there's this quote that says, That's ridiculous. when staff ridiculous back claim. what sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, the President, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied like that? So look, uh, I'll say this. Um, there's going to be a range, always, a range of books uh, that are uh, about every administration, as you know. Uh, that's going to have a variety of claims. That is not unusual. Okay, that's enough. That's enough because it's just all BS from here. Uh, Here's the thing. He is treated like a baby because he cannot think on his own. And so every word that comes out of his mouth is scripted, then he leaves. And like this ceremony yesterday, the rudest thing I have ever seen a president do, the rudest, was in the middle of a metal, metal, he was in the middle of the ceremony. And he walked out the door, and everybody who was a participant or a uh, watching the event just watched him walk out with that stiff gait. He had nowhere to go, no other meetings. That was it for the day. He went back upstairs and went to bed. Do you know how Jill usually wrangles yes. him and yes. leads him? Correct. She's not there. That's correct. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Is she's the one who leads him around and tells him where to be and what to do and all that. Because why? They're treating him like a baby. Now back to the mask thing for just a minute. You've got a school district up in Maryland that is mandating that the kids go back into masks. You know why? They had three kids in the school district who tested positive for COVID. Three. Look, it's all about this. They're pushing the new booster. The new booster comes out next week. And so they've got to scare the crap out of you so that you'll go get the booster. Why are they doing that? Why would politicians want to scare you into getting the booster? Politicians get money from the booster makers. Follow the money. Politicians get donations from the booster maker. The way the booster maker makes money is if you go get it. So the politicians are genning up the fear about COVID once again with the mask. Oh, they're also on TV. Cut four, Jimmy. They're on uh, MSNBC, and they're rolling out these excellent doctors. Real quick, if you will, who needs to get a booster and when? So all of us need boosters. Um, so at six months of age and up, uh, we're going to have boosters by the end of this month, hopefully. And those will protect, we believe, very strongly against these new versions of the virus. He can go to hell. Six months and up? Little children do not die from this. They don't even get really sick from it at all. And neither do you. New Texas law is banning local authorities from mandating anything concerning COVID. The governor signed it. It went into effect over the weekend, September 1st. There is a new law in Texas that local governments cannot mandate anything, masks, boosters, or anything. Now, as you've been listening to us talk about this new law, Ron Nirenberg is fighting it. He does not want the state to have this law in effect that says you can't mandate these boosters and these masks because he wants to mandate boosters and masks. Why? Because, well, he's a good little soldier in the leftist army of America. And that's the fight 
that is going on right now. Maui continues to be a terrible situation. It's not on the news all the time anymore, but I continue to watch the citizens speak in Maui. They're hip to the trip. They know, and they are saying publicly that this was caused in order to burn them out. Many of them, and I've had people who were just there prior to the fire, tell me that as they drove the streets of Lahaina, that those homes were old, some of them looked kind of like shacks, kind of run down, that kind of thing. And the citizens are now very clear that this was caused, or at the very least taken advantage of, to clear those people out so the rich and famous can come in and build really nice mansions up and down that shoreline. That's what's happening in, in Maui right now. And when the president couldn't be bothered because he was on the beach in Rehoboth and then went to Lake Tahoe, when he couldn't be bothered about this, remember, he said, I'd have no comment, because he knew what was going on. Remember, he's the one who put that FEMA guy in charge down there before the fires happened. He said it. Look it up on YouTube. The president said, I put this guy in charge. He was in place before the fire started. Why would you put a FEMA guy down there before the fire started? unless you knew the fires were going to start. You're not fooling most of us, Mr. President. We're hip. We know what's going on. We also know this as a fact. The total amount that he has dedicated to Maui, the total amount, all of it, is $95 million. That's the total amount. Currently, we're spending 113 million per day, seven days a week in Ukraine. The people of Ukraine are receiving $113 million a day from you. The people in Maui are receiving a total of $95 million. I think you understand what's going on. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. This is Mark Sadowski for Mark Edge. All you got to do is call my voicemail here at the station. It's 210-654-5155. 210-654-5155. Trey Ware here, KTSA, along with Elaine and Jimmy and Don. And you at 210-599-5555. I love the quote from George Washington, and I'm going to continue to lay it on you because this is the bottom line to everything that we deal with, okay? Whether it's the local police situation where the DA is turning bad guys loose and they're going out and shooting cops, or it's the dog situation, or it's the illegal immigration situation I'm going to discuss here in just a couple of seconds. Whatever it is, George Washington had it right when he said government is not reason. It's not eloquence. It is force. And force, like fire, is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Let me just translate that into 2023. Government is like a fire. It's a good thing as long as you control it. It's bad thing when you lose control of it. And that's exactly where we are right now in the United States of America. And it is time for the citizens of this country, whether it's right here in San Antonio or throughout the state of Texas, as I said with Greg Abbott a little while ago, or on a national basis, to reassert your control over this fire known as the government. Take control of the fire. You have the power to do so. 
Let me tell you what's going on in public schools across America right now. And I'll focus in specifically on a story out of New York, but this is happening across the country, just so you'll know. And I will relate it back to the George Washington thing in just a second. We have hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of migrant children who have come across the border who are going into the schools now. About 100,000 in New York City alone. 100,000. Think about that. And they're not vaccinated. And Letitia James, who is the uh, DA up there, the attorney general up there, says, well, look, we have to welcome them in. We have to put them in school. State Attorney General Letitia James said, well, listen, migrant children have to be in the classroom, but they don't have to show the paperwork that they have received their vaccinations. Now, your child has to show that. Remember, no vax, no class. You have to show vaccination proof before your child can be in that school. And many of you just went through that because all the kids went back to school. But they don't have to show it for the migrant children. So here's what I want you to know. And this relates back to whether you're going to control the government, control the fire, or is the fire going to control you? Have you checked with the authorities at your school yet and your school district yet to find out if the children, the migrant children who are now in the classroom with your child, if they're vaccinated or not? It's probably a pretty good idea if you did so. Probably going to be a good idea if you reached out to the school, talked to the principal, the people in charge, and asked them, what is going on with the migrant children? Are they vaccinated? I can't tell you what's going on with your school or your school district. I don't know. I, I, I you know, I don't know where your kid goes to school or any of that stuff. But I do know it's an issue in New York and other school districts across the country, where children, immigrant children, are showing up, and the attitude is, well, you know, the Constitution says we have to educate them. But we're not going to demand that they show their paperwork of their vaccinations. So this is where you, as a parent or a grandparent, you take control of the fire and you say, hang on just a minute. I'm going to call the school and I'm going to ask the school today, hey, what's the scoop on this? Do you demand that they show their vaccination paperwork as illegal immigrants or legal immigrants or whatever the case may be before they get into this, uh, this school or not? Are you allowing unvaccinated children who came across the border, migrated to the United States, are you allowing them in schools without proof? Now, not just to say so, whatever, but proof. Just like you have to show proof that they were vaccinated. I'm curious what your school would say. So later this week, after you get a chance to contact your school, we'll bring it up again, and you can call in and tell me what your school had to say about that, okay? Meanwhile, coming up in our next segment, right after the top of the hour news, Danny Diaz, the uh, president of the uh, San Antonio Police Officer Association, is going to join me. We're going to talk about what's going on, this battle between police and the DA right now concerning the bad guys who have been unleashed on our cops. It's war on police in San Antonio right now. You can't call it anything else. Sixth shooting of a police officer in two weeks by guys who should have been locked up but were released by the DA. Coming right back, Trey Ware, KTSA. There are lots of studies. And you're my pride and joy every day. Yeah, you are. 
605, Trey Ware, KTSA with Elaine and Jimmy and Don and you at 210-599-5555. I'll start this hour like I did last hour. How much longer San Antonio and Bear County? Are you going to let the war on cops go on? To about you, the citizens. Again, <laughs> you're going to hear this quote from me a lot, but George Washington, I'm paraphrasing, okay? Because he said it in, uh, you know, 18th century English. I'll say it in modern English, which is government is like a fire. It's good as long as you control it. But if you lose control of it, it, it it'll burn you up. And you, the citizens of Bear County and San Antonio specifically, have the power to make a change in what's happening here. The sixth shooting of an officer in two weeks. Six. Now, as I told you, when the mayor went and stood with BLM and raised his fist in the air, power, you know, and he said he was going to work to defund the police, he knew he couldn't do that. But what he can do is demoralize police. Demoralize current officers to where at their first available moment they take their retirement and get out or they go to a smaller town. And demoralize those who would think about a career in law enforcement from ever signing up. Why would you want to sign up and serve? Because, remember, these guys don't do it for the money. They do it because they want to make their community a better place, but not if they're getting shot at. Mama ain't going to allow that. And that's where we are right now. You have DA who apparently, I'm told, received $1.5 million from George Soros. Now, George Soros hired the DAs over in L.A. and in New York and up in Chicago and up in Austin. And what are you seeing in those places? You're seeing rampant crime, which does what? Demoralizes the cops. You know why? Because the police do their job, and they take the bad guys down, and by the time the cop gets back in the cruiser and back on the street, the bad guy is already back out there. And when... The police say this, as Chief McManus said yesterday. Well, the DA blames the police. The DA blames the police, says it's cops' fault. Danny Diaz is the president of San Antonio Police Officers Association. He's joining me on the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline to talk about what's happening with our police right now. And, Danny, thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate you coming on. Good morning, Trey. Thanks for having me. I just want to hear your initial thoughts on this, and then I'll fire some questions at you. Unprecedented. This is crazy. Um, if, if you remember last time we spoke, uh, we were talking about Proposition A. Can you imagine how things would be now if, if that would have passed? Uh, I mentioned back during the last election and gave statistics of uh, what was happening with the DA and his numbers of, of uh, low prosecutions. And, and uh, actually keeping these individuals in, in jail um, to, to the point to where we got a cease and desist letter from the district clerk's office because his statistics were, or my statistics were wrong, and he gave some bogus numbers. This has been going on for a while. It's coming to light now. Um, we've stated that if we allowed this to continue, we, we were going to turn into Seattle, Portland, those types of cities. And, uh, and it's happening, unfortunately. Uh, this is a residual of what, what we've done over the last five, six years of, uh, you know, with the George Floyd era and, uh, and, and that that was going on. Uh, but it's swinging back. And now everyone's demanding, and the community is demanding, and rightly so, to be safe 
in their homes and, and you know, anytime they go out to, to a grocery store. Uh, but with that comes proactivity, and we have to go out and, and stop these individuals. They got accustomed to no repercussions because of the DA's policies, and now we're unfortunately having to go through what we're going through. We're on the road to Austin. We're on the road to Chicago. We're on the road to Los Angeles. We're on the road to Seattle and San Antonio. And uh, for some reason, the DA and the others feel like we need to play catch-up and we need to get there. My question is... Um, he is blaming you, the police officers. He is blaming Leo for not bringing enough evidence. But explain how it works to me, uh, Danny, because if you are taking these guys in and you're presenting evidence and there are warrants coming out for their arrest, that must mean there is evidence to charge them with the crime. Or am I wrong about that? No, there's plenty of evidence there. And, and you know, he's deflecting is what he's doing. Uh, we're not back in the early 90s. We've got body cam video now. We've got videos from the patrol cars. They have enough evidence to do what needs to be done. It's the policies that he put in place when he started. Uh, and I'll give you a prime example, sirs. Uh, before I took this job, you know, I was out chasing people and, and, and criminals and people that had drugs. And he started a side and release policy of anything, any drugs under 0.25 grams, we had to write them a citation and have them on their way. Um, gradually, it started turning into uh, a gram, over a gram. Those are felony cases, right? And, and uh, so now, because of those policies, what's transpired? He's had attorneys that have left. It was unprecedented to see uh, 15 to 18 attorneys, prosecutors, leave his office because of his policies, and they weren't able to do the work that they thought they were going to do. Uh, you know, he points a finger at, at uh, the judges. He points a finger at the bondsmen. Uh, but bottom line is this. Our detectives, our officers, give them enough evidence for those cases. They just do not uh, take that evidence um, and, and, and do with their policies. They dismiss a lot of them. Here's an example. If I have an individual with, with five different cases on him, they will take the lesser case of maybe a theft versus aggravated assault. They'll uh, kick those out and just give him um, probation or a citation for the lesser offense. So he gets a second chance. <clears throat> but some of those cases are felony cases that they drop. So uh, how, how does this individual uh, pay for the, the crimes that he's done? They don't. If the police are not safe in the community, no one is safe in the community. That's my view of this. And certainly right now, with the sixth officer being shot in the last two weeks, the police officers are not safe in the community, which means that, uh, I'll, I'll just say this to dads and husbands right now, your wife and your children are not safe in this community right now because of the actions of what's happening at the DA's office. I'm told, Danny, we're speaking with Danny Diaz, who is the president of the San Antonio Police Officers Association. I'm told, Danny, by officers who speak to me anonymously, of course, but I'm told that this is nothing more than a turnstile, that it frustrates them to no end, that they arrest the same guy over and over and over again, and before they even get back out on the street in their patrol car, the perp is right back out there. Absolutely, sir. Uh, I put out a press release um, just after the first shooting, and it's in that there was a spreadsheet of individuals that have been uh, caught and released by the DA. One of them had 28 cases uh, pending. How many? Why does it have to? How many? 28. 
28. 28. You said 28 yes, cases pending, and he's on the streets. Yes, sir. So, and I'll give you another example, one you didn't hear about yesterday in the news. There was a, a, a motorcycle officer yesterday at a light. It's flagged down by a, a, a citizen saying that there's a problem in a convenience store. He goes in. Uh, this individual went in there trying to steal beer and started eating food in the convenience store. Um, the store clerk blocked him in. So when the officer goes in there, he starts fighting with the officer. Uh, they call the police saying, hey, he needs help. Uh, it turns out that this individual uh, just got out of jail. He spent three months and a couple of days for four aggravated robbery cases. You tell me if that's enough time for these individuals that are doing that. Comes right back out and does the same thing. So it, it's it's a detriment to this community. Uh, it's a detriment to to the law enforcement officers of this city. And I tell you, uh, we talked about this before. Morale's at an all-time low. Uh, it, I, I don't see how it could get any worse. Uh, this is uh, again unprecedented. Uh, and I will tell you to the citizens of this city, uh, the police officers of the Santa Police Department are doing their best to make sure that you stay safe. It is very difficult to do the job when our district attorney doesn't do his part. All we're asking for him to do is to do his damn job. He needs to do his job. Do you feel like city leadership has your back? The mayor put out what I would say a very milk toast uh, response to this, saying this is a tragic and unnecessary reminder of the sacrifices our officers make to protect our city. Our hearts are with SAPD and their families as they recover from this incident, grateful that the suspect is in custody. Not addressing the root cause here, which is the revolving door at the DA's office. Do you feel like the city leadership has your back? And I'm talking about the officer's rank and file. Well, I'll tell you, Trey, we made some headway with the city and getting some things accomplished that we needed. But, uh, again, it, it's it's your, the expectation is if the officers are out there giving it their all and putting their lives on the line, the city should be out there uh, at least a little, uh, not be lukewarm, right? Let's get hot on its track and figure out what it is that's happening to fix this because it's not just about officers. How many more citizens have to die with these individuals that are out let loose um, you know, the individual before, uh, one of the individuals day before yesterday or, or last week, I forget which shooting it was now, so many of them, but he had committed three robberies uh, prior to him getting shot. So those are against citizens. We're not talking about crimes that are uh, theft against Walmart or theft against HEB. These are crimes that are uh, violent crimes against citizens. Anytime I mention the word violent to Joe Gonzalez or his staff, and they keep giving me excuses of, oh, well, that's not a violent crime. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Where there's drugs, there's guns. And, and those are all violent. So it, it's time for you to stand up and get out yeah. or start doing your damn job. Well, we have uh, two recent stories. Uh, one was over the weekend, a woman was shot in the leg while driving her car. She was just driving down the road on the west side of town. Somebody shot through the car door and shot her in the leg and went through one leg and into the other one. The other one happened to be a guy who was shot in the head who crashed into some cars in a parking lot of an apartment complex. So obviously it's off the rails. Obviously it's headed down the wrong road. Obviously it's gone nuts over the past several months, and the only way this gets back under control is what? What has to happen now? What can the citizens listening to us right now, what can they do to affect change? So the governor has a bill that holds district attorneys accountable. 
Uh, it, it's my understanding that we got to start sending letters to the governor, uh, and, and I'm not sure about this. I need to research this a little bit more, Trey, where I think anyone can file a complaint on the DA for him not doing his job. Uh, they, this was put in place for, as you mentioned earlier, individuals that are Soros-funded um, that are, are, are causing these issues. Uh, with, with this DA, um, he, he's coming out and, and not just reflecting, but he's changing a couple of his policies. I think USA Today stated uh, yesterday, day before, that he has now changed his uh, policy on drugs. So now he's wanting to start convicting people on it. Too little, too late, buddy. The citizens of San Antonio are getting harmed, and, uh, and the, the policies uh, aren't going to help you right now. So the community needs to come out, start sending letters to the governor. Uh, maybe we can get him uh, ousted with, uh, with the bill that's put in place um, and go from there. But uh, I mentioned this before, from the business community to the citizens of San Antonio, it is time to band together to get back uh, our city and show, show these politicians that, uh, you know, they work for us as, as citizens. And they have a job. They were elected to do a job. All we're asking them to do is to do it. Yeah. And if he refuses, then it's time for him to go. Well, then it is time for the citizens to stand up right now and to say that it's time for him to go. And the other part of that is we're going to send this interview to the governor about that piece of legislation over in Florida. Ron DeSantis, the governor there, has already removed prosecutors for not doing their job. And if we have the same type of leverage here in the state of Texas, that's something that should go on as well. Danny, we're going to remain in contact with you. We're going to stay, stay on this story, and I do appreciate your time. Thanks for being on this morning. Thank you for having me, sir. Greatly appreciate it. Have a great day. Danny Diaz, who is the president of the San Antonio Police Officers Association. Your thoughts now, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Trey Ware, KTSA4, River City Oral Surgery, and Dr. Mark Havercorn, and what a great team, and what a great job they do over there for oral surgery of all kinds. It doesn't matter what your situation is like. They can help you at River City Oral Surgery, whether it's removal of teeth, maybe you've got some missing or broken teeth and you've been living with that for a while, maybe you have some severe pain due to broken teeth and you know those teeth have to come out, River City Oral Surgery and Dr. Mark Havercorn will get those teeth out and get that pain gone for you where you're going to feel better. If you're looking at implants and you'd like to make a big change in your life, whether it's one, two, three, or all on four, they can do that too at River City Oral Surgery. Take care of your implant situation. They can do it all there when it comes to oral surgery and facial surgery at River City Oral Surgery, and you know exactly what you're going to pay each time because they publish their prices right on their website. The website is rivercityoms.com. Sunny and 101 today. Right now it's 80 at KTSA. Good morning, traffic volume. Vision, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. 210-599-5555. Trey Ware, KTSA. Mark, you're on. Good morning, Mark. Yeah, besides the governor, also I'd recommend everybody add their email complaint list to these county commissioners because uh, these county commissioners, county judge, they need to start holding this DA accountable because, as you said, there is no recourse that we have at the ballot box uh, until these guys come up for re-election. But we need to start being uh, proactive right on. With, with all the areas, especially – and it really goes to show that we need to, as citizens, and I know I've tried to make it just a point, every time I hear about something like this, I start sending, I know who my county commissioner is, and I, I, I get on his email, and I start sending emails. 
And we just need to start doing that because this is this shows what happens when the citizens just trust. We trust our government. And yep. Unfortunately, we can't trust them. Oh, no. Do, do, never. That's the most American of ideals is to never trust your government uh, on anything at all. And, Mark, I'll add not only uh, emails but phone calls because, look, here's the deal. They can ignore an email. They can say, well, I never saw it, or they can just hit delete and move on, or oh, it ended up in my spam. I never saw it. But they can't ignore a phone call. If you get through to your county commissioner or somebody in their office, they can't say that they didn't hear from you. And you're absolutely right, whether it's city council, people county commissioners go all the way to the top of the county judge you ring the bell and here's you know again i'm going to keep going back to my george washington quote government's like a fire it's great if you control it but once you lose control of that fire it will consume you and that's where we are in america right now we the people have to take control of our government back we have to control that fire exactly thank you bud keep up good work you too thank you mark let's go to daniel you're on ktsa morning daniel Good morning, Trey. I just jumped on, and I didn't catch some of the uh, interview that you had there, but they were saying something about the DA has his own policies. I thought he was supposed to be there to enforce our laws, not yeah, well, that, that, that's what we all think, right? But no, no, they went soft on crime early on, and uh, so so the sheriff, and they decided they were going to do sight and release, and they were going to go easy on people, and they weren't going to press this, and they weren't going to press that. See, they have prosecutorial discretion. You ever heard of that, Daniel, where they can decide what they're going to do with these cases on a case-by-case basis? Yes, and they also can choose, as Danny Diaz just told us, they can drop the heavier charge and charge these people with the lesser charge so that they're sure to be put back out on the streets by a judge in another case though if the judge knew that that same individual had the heavier charge the bigger crime against them they would never let them back out on the street well we voted down uh, the proposition here in san antonio we all need to band together visit all our council people and start voting this out that's right that's right out of office that's right Yes, all get together, band together, and, and get him out. Right, well, what it's thank you, Daniel. I appreciate your call. What it's going to take is everybody coming together. That's why that Washington quote is so important. You have to control the fire. Right now, the fire is out of control, okay? And we see what happens when a fire gets out of control, don't we? Right? It burns everything in its wake. And that's what is happening to us as citizens right now. We have to control the fire. We can no longer just go through our lives in a daze. We have to be engaged because I'm telling you, they are. And look what's happening to your city. I'm telling you, folks, you're on the road to Austin and Chicago and Los Angeles and New York if you don't stop it. The citizens in those places could have stopped it, and they didn't. The people of Austin had a chance to stop it. You have a better chance than they because you're not that far down the road. But you got to do it. you got to be willing to do it. John Hayward joins me next. Steel Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on San Pedro right behind North Star Mall where you're going to make a solid steel deal. How can I say that? How do I know you're going to make a solid steel deal? Because Sammy Soto, who's their general manager, he won't have it any other way. You're going to make a solid steel deal. Like on these Ram trucks, and he's got a ton of them on the lot back there ready for delivery today. You could, by the end of the day today, be driving a brand new Ram truck. The hottest truck in America is the Ram pickup truck. It's got the power. It's got the comfort. It's got everything that you're looking for in a truck. And yet, right now, because he's got so many of them, you can get up to 
$15,000 off these Ram trucks or 2.9% financing for 72 months. So selection's not an issue. He's got the selection. They've got the price. And they got the helpful folks on hand to match you with the perfect truck for you, the perfect Ram truck for you. So head on over there today or give them a call and get busy on your solid steel deal at Steel Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on San Pedro right behind North Star Mall. <coughs> Ugh, I don't have time for a call. Trey Ware on KTSA. I'd like to take you back because I don't know if you're old enough to remember the uh, presidential campaign of 2020. If you're not old enough to remember it, I'd like to take you back to when cut number one here. Uh, Joe Biden, as a candidate for president, said this during a debate. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. Oh, he's going to shut down the virus. Well, uh, guess whose wife has the virus now? He did a great job of shutting down the virus. And so he's now masking up indoors, except when he's around a really old guy, uh, 83-year-old man that he's pinning the uh, Medal of Honor on yesterday. And it came up that, um, you know, in this new book that uh, Joe is being treated like, he's complaining about being treated like a baby. In fact, Deuce asked KJP about it yesterday. Thank you, Kareem. President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? No one treats the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, uh, like a baby. So there's this quote that says, That's ridiculous. when staff ridiculous back claim. what sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, the President, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied like that? So look, uh, I'll say this. No, you um, won't. We're done. Because uh, it's all, it's all bull crap. <laughs> Morning, John. <laughs> That, that's such a classic exchange, you know, the instant denial from this barely functional White House press secretary. And then they say, uh, Biden himself said that. And he's like, ah, blah, 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 blah. You know, just completely sure. <laughs> right. And, and did you did you see? I mean, the media is trying to hide this, but Biden just had kind of a fuse blow in his head and he wandered out of that Medal of Honor ceremony in the middle of it. And nobody could stop him. The Secret Service was scrambling to try to catch him as he drifted out of the room. He left before the conclusion and the, the concluding prayer and all that. So, I mean, another embarrassment the media is going to try really hard not to dwell on. For oh, the next couple of it's days. awful. You know, he walks in with that mask on and then immediately takes it off and goes over and puts the medal on the 83 year old war hero. And the man is a, a true war hero. And then he shakes hands with the man, and the man goes to salute the commander-in-chief as the commander-in-chief turns to walk away, finally sees the salute, turns back, salutes the man, and then walks out. So clearly he is treated like a child, John, in that, you know, somebody said to him, do not linger in there, do not answer any questions, you are not to make any other statements other than what's on the, the, the giant screen in front of you, and after you put that medal on him, you get out of that room. I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure that's exactly what happened. And there's, you know, no evidence that I can see that it's a big deal for anybody. You know, there are people like us calling uh, calling criticism on it. The media doesn't care. They'll co they'll cover up for him and keep him in there as long as they can. The the Democratic Party doesn't care. I mean, it it doesn't seem to matter that we have this this guy with severe cognitive problems as the president of the United States, which I still think is perfectly appropriate for a dying empire. <laughs> what better note for for America to to sink beneath the waves than to have Joe Biden at the helm? I mean, it, there's something so perfectly appropriate about it. I want to talk about that for just a second because. We, we have a plague of that happening right now, uh, obviously with Joe Biden, who at this point is just a walking corpse. He's a mannequin. 
Uh, he is far too old, and, and even uh, 75% of Democrats say he's too old to be reelected. But yet, when it comes down to it, they're going to vote for him because he's got the D behind his name. We've seen what's been happening with Mitch McConnell, at least on two occasions, maybe more than that. We have seen Dianne Feinstein slumped over in a, in a wheelchair. Do, do we need term limits? Is it time for term limits? I think so. I've always thought so. I think there need to be some other fitness tests. John Fetterman isn't over the uh, term limit age, but he clearly has cognitive issues. There there needs to be some minimal fitness standard for people that hold these important offices. But also term limits are an important way to keep you from getting saddled with these septuagenarian, octogenarian rulers that have been there for 40 and 50 years, accumulating ridiculous amounts of power and getting bought off by special interests. That's one of the reasons why the older politicians rake in so much dough, because the special interests know this guy's been there 20 years. He's a safe investment. We get power by dealing with him. That's not the way it should work. And granted, term limits aren't going to shake up a lot of safe D seats, for example. It's just going to be another Democrat that wins after the first guy gets term limited out. But at least you'd be moving some fresh blood through the system and making it a little bit harder for these interests to just buy off politicians. Yeah. I, and I think that there ought to have uh, limits to the contracts of government workers, too. I call them the 80% that are under the waterline. That's what took down the Titanic, right? It was not the 20% above the waterline. It was the 80% below. And that's what we have in D.C., 80% of the power of government. We never see, we never elect, and they stay there forever. For generations, the same people continue to work in government. And that's why you can elect and reelect or you know change out the people that you see on TV, and nothing ever changes. I think those people ought to be limited in, the, in how long they can work for the government as well. I think so, too. It's harder to do that legally, but it would be nice to get some fresh blood in the bureaucracy and avoid these people that are there forever. Maybe more of these jobs should be patronage jobs, which means they automatically turn over after an election and and they get replaced. And certainly whoever the next Republican is has got to be ready to go in there with a flamethrower. There there have got to be just huge numbers of people that get bounced out after the next election. And that's one of the criteria I personally look for when I watch these candidates debate and jockey for position against each other. I'm wondering which ones of them are willing to fire 500,000 bureaucrats and not replace 300,000 of them. Which ones look, look plausible to me? Yeah, I, I'd like to, for, you know, if you want to go to work in D.C. in government, you have to sign a contract and it's no longer than eight years. And then you're out. You go find another gig after eight years. That's it. That is the max that you can serve in government, period. And, and that doesn't mean you can move from one agency to the next. No, sir, no, ma'am. You go find something else to do outside of D.C. after you serve that, that eight-year contract. That's the only way we're going to get control of this. Uh, uh, you know, barring some Somebody like a DeSantis who says he's going to go in there with that flamethrower and toss everybody out on their ear. It would be nice to have some more people with private sector experience in D.C. too, yes. and to have more people working in the government go back and live in the world yes. they made. And I think that's so important. One of our most important jobs is to break this bubble of elite privilege that lets these people design a hellscape for the rest of us, and then they don't have to live in it. They don't have to deal with it. They get to ignore all the laws. They get to have special privileges. That needs to end. Those people need to live in the world they made. And one good way to do that at the bureaucratic level would be to forcibly rotate top bureaucrats out and make them go back and live in the private sector and live with the consequences right. of what they've done. That was George, George Washington's old theory. I want to talk about this slime of a president right now, and that's what I think of him at this time, um, who is you know, continuing to spend money in Ukraine and no uh, work whatsoever to bring this to a resolution. We're going to do this as long as it takes, but that's there's no definition to that. So uh, did some digging and found out, you know, that because they, they have had corruption over there forever of all kinds, 
And uh, I have been suspect that this whole war, uh, to a certain degree, and a large degree, has been nothing but a money laundering operation taking care of a lot of people. Uh, now they had to fire their defense minister over there, and I think that's kind of a shell game, too. I think it's all theater. But they fired him, and he's saying they're spending $113 million per day, per day, uh, in this war. We have spent more than in, than all others combined. Meanwhile, we're spending $95 million total in Maui. So $113 million a day in Ukraine, $95 million total in a U.S. property known as, as, uh, as Maui. What's interesting to me about this, too, is there's been no accountability, no accounting of where that money or our arms, our 155s, our small arms, anything else is gone. There's been no accounting yet. John, this guy just hired 87,000 new IRS agents to make sure you are accounting for every penny you earn and where you spend that money. They'll come knocking on your door armed. But, hell, we'll, send, we'll spend $113 million a day in Ukraine, and we have no idea where that money's going. And we don't care. That's one of my big complaints about it. I think there is a worthy fight to be fought in Ukraine, but it has to be fought intelligently. And everybody knew going in that Ukraine is one of the most corrupt places in the world. So you'd think they would have been more eager to keep track of the money, not less. But it's less. It's, it's like even if you ask where all this money is going, you're somehow committing a sin against the sacred priorities of the Biden administration. No, we need to have oversight. We have to know what's happening with this loot. And I really have fears that we're not going to win a protracted economic battle with Russia. From where we're sitting right Right now, that's what this really is. Can they afford to stay in there longer than us or vice versa? Can we afford to keep spending $100 million a day keeping Ukraine safe? And I look at the finances of the United States, and I look at Russia's economy after these years of sanctions, and I no longer think that's a slam dunk, that we're going to be able to handle this level of expense longer than they will. On top of everything else, we just get less for our money. We spend vast amounts of money. We spend far more than Russia does, but it's a, it's a stalemate. You know that, that does not bode well for our future in this economic conflict. Well, you're colleague at Breitbart, John Nolte, writes credit card car note defaults hit 10-year high. We have all kinds of information concerning Bidenomics and its negative effect on the economy. We see housing now at a dead standstill. Nobody is buying homes right now in America. It's as bad as 2008. That's going to hit the banks, and that's going to hit individuals pretty soon, I think. Uh, so you've got that going on, and it was just announced yesterday the deficit has doubled to $2 trillion. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, how, how are we to afford to continue to do something like this? And we keep being told that there's no money for things that are important to the American people. You want border security, you can't have it, but you get 87,000 IRS agents and $100 million a day in Ukraine. We're increasingly told the government can't afford to do anything that it has a duty to do, but it seems to have limitless money when it comes to the priorities of the elites. That has to be changed in a dramatic way, and this can't go on. We're getting really close to this point that has been foretold for all these years when you can't just print money anymore to keep the system floating. I would argue we're past that point. You know, we're starting to find find out what happens when you go past that point. But it's just not a shell game that can be floated very much longer. The, the cost of servicing this debt is more than the government spends on almost any duty it actually has to the American people. Well, let me, let me tell you, other nations are taking notice, too, because BRICS is becoming a real deal. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. BRICS is a major competitor. They're explicitly a competitor to the G7 nations. That's that's the whole setup. China's in there. They're the C in BRICS. Uh, Russia's in there. They're the R. So, I mean, this is an, an anti-Western, anti-American setup. And one of the things BRICS is doing, if you pay attention to their summits, is they're saying loud and clear, we're not paying for climate change. We're not making any sacrifices. We're going to burn mountains of coal. We're going to have industry. We're going to do whatever it takes. You guys need to pay all the climate change costs. And our ruling elite is salivating at the thought of doing exactly that and inflicting more suffering on their own people. That is a match made in hell. Yeah, that's true. Well, one final thing, uh, and we'll have another chance to talk about this, obviously, but 9-11 is coming up, and this will be the first president that it did not go to one of the sites and honor the uh, dead who uh, lost their lives on 9-11. Instead, he's going to be in Alaska. <laughs> what do you think about that? That That is so weird. I just don't get the thinking. There are things the Biden administration does where I disagree with it, but I understand why they did it. This is just kind of baffling. Why did anybody think that was going to be a good idea? And it's going to hurt a little bit. We shouldn't forget 9-11. We're still in a world at risk, and we, we shouldn't let that go. We should remember what happened that day. And everybody that works for us in the government should be working day and night to make sure that never happens again. And I'm, I'm not getting that signal from this administration that they're that serious. We know they're not serious about security. Every day we get another story. Hey, look, a bunch of Chinese agents strolled across Biden's open border. Wow, look at them go. You know, they're not serious about security. Scuba divers off the coast of Florida looking at Cape Kennedy down there, the Kennedy Space Center. Well, yeah, and finally, uh, yeah, I mean, when you look at exactly what we're talking about here, I think the, the, the reason he's going to Alaska is so he has no exposure to the media whatsoever. They do not want this guy being asked any questions right now they've got him on super lockdown and they know that if he's at 9-11 if he goes to new york or if he goes to dc or whatever if he's anywhere near uh steve ducey can be uh, or peter ducey can be that he's going to be asked a question and they don't want that to happen so send him right. to alaska right send him to the send him to the wild frontier with some kodiak bears and compare that to what you said about masks at the beginning. There's there's definitely a big surge of bringing masks back. This is the election season variant. They're going to go for another Biden basement campaign. They're going to tell us we need more of this crazy mail-in voting. That That's what this is all about, sure. and it's ramping up. Well, of course. I mean, he, he said yesterday they're uh, working to retrofit. Secret Service is retrofitting his house in Wilmington, Darryl, Delaware, making it safe. No, they're not. They're putting all the cameras and stuff in there so he can go back to the basement and operate from the basement again. That's exactly right. John, I appreciate you, and we'll visit next week. Wednesday. Thanks for your time. Sounds great. Take care until then. That's uh, John Hayward from Breitbart.com. Breitbart.com. Check him out. Let me tell you about Stevens Roofing. Great people at Stevens Roofing. Take care of all of your roofing needs, every last bit of them. Whether you have a minor issue, and you might be able to tell you have a minor issue. You might be able to look up there, not climb up on your roof, but from your driveway and see something that's going on. So, But most times you won't. Most times you have no idea that you got a problem, say, around one of those vent pipes that's sticking up or around the chimney or maybe some flashing down the back that you can't really get up there to see, that kind of stuff. And, and, and you really can't tell by the, you know, being on the ground and looking up at the, at the shingles if they're oh, good, if they've degraded over time or whatever. So that's what Stevens Roofing does. They give you a free, no obligation whatsoever, roof inspection. And they're not there to try to sell you something that you don't need. So if you don't need any work, they're just going to tell you that. But if you do need work, they're going to talk with you about the work that you need. And if you need a whole new roof, they'll work with your insurance company to get the uh, the reimbursement back. They're just tremendous people. They're from here in San Antonio. And, and they love this town, and they want to take care of people in San Antonio and, of course, the surrounding areas. So get that free no-obligation roof inspection from Stevens Roofing right away. StevensRoofing.net. Hey, Trey Ware here, and right now at the Uvalco deal. About them uh, attempting to bring back the whole mandate nonsense. And believe you me, 
The mandates are nonsense. More and more doctors who are reasonable are sounding off every day, more and more of them, and they're saying, look, this is not, it doesn't work the first time. It's not going to work this time. If you want to do it, then it ought to be your personal choice, but a mandate is not the way to go. Those are doctors who are saying that, and we're, we'll talk about that on, uh, on Ware and Ryman. Look, bottom line to this is it's, it's all about Joe. They've got to have him in the basement. They can't have him traveling the country. They certainly can't have him doing debates or anything like that. So they're about to lock him up in the basement. In order to do that, they got to lock you up first. So we'll talk about that and so much more on Where and Ryman next, KTSA. Company vehicle accidents are on the rise. And 24 hours after an officer shot and killed a man with warrants Monday, another officer was shot by another man with a shotgun on the southwest side. Chief William McManus says the man has a warrant for aggravated assault. The officer was hit with shotgun fire after a foot chase. The officer in stable condition, the man who shot him in custody. You can read more on that story, plus another statement from the Bear County DA on the San Antonio news page of KTSA.com. Meanwhile, the man shot and killed during a pursuit with SAPD officers Monday has been identified. 27-year-old Jacob String was suspected of several robberies on the southwest side, including a couple Monday. Officers had been following String, and according to an SAPD report, he pulled a gun, pointed it at the officers, who then opened fire. The report indicates that Sting did not fire at the officers. It will be a court hearing without defendants in Fulton County, Georgia, as most have waived their appearances after pleading not guilty to election interference there. All 19 defendants, including former President Trump, already telling the court they are not guilty of Georgia election interference charges. So the Fulton County Superior Court judge will now hear arguments on separating some of those combined cases. He's also asking the prosecutor to say how long the trial might last and how many witnesses to expect. A number of Donald Trump's former lawyers and the former president all trying to each receive separate trials. As Andy Field reporting, embattled Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton pleading not guilty to charges that he abused the power of his office to help a political donor. Paxton's attorney is Tony Busby, and he says his client's political opponents are out to get him. This scheme was rushed, it was secretive, it was poorly planned, and was wholly unsupported by evidence. Paxton has already been impeached by the Texas out. Now, the state Senate is going to decide on whether to remove him from office as lawyers tried and failed to get the charges thrown out before the trial began. KTSA News Time is 7.02. Sports brought to you by Ewald Kubota. Here's Rudy J. In the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys reworked defensive tackle Neville Gallimore's deal, creating some cap space and lowering his cap hit from $2.7 million to $1.5 million. In other news, left guard Tyler Smith's MRI confirmed that he suffered a hamstring strain. A person with knowledge of the injury told Dallas Morning News' David Moore. Owner and general manager Jerry Jones said yesterday he was confident that Smith would be ready to go for Sunday's regular season opener against the Giants. In college football, the new AP Top 25 is out, and it looks similar to near the top with Georgia followed by Michigan and Alabama, while Florida State moves up to fourth. Texas remained at 11th, LSU fell to 14th, Oklahoma 18th. In MLB, Astros beat the Rangers 14-1 as Jose Altuve has a career day hitting three home runs. They wrap up this series tonight from Globe Life Park, which you can catch on San Antonio's ESPN 1250 tonight at 6.30. Speaking of the Rangers, pitcher Nathan Evaldi, who missed the last seven weeks, was activated from the injured list. I'm Rudy J for 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's 7.03, AccuWeather and Time Saver Traffic up next. KTSA News, brought to you by Stevens Roofing.